Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about consistency as opposed to intensity. So when it comes to building wealth, the truth is that unremarkable actions, if completed consistently for many years and even decades, really produce remarkable results. But because these actions appear so unremarkable, people tend to overlook how important they are. And also sometimes people are tempted to undertake very intense and often risky investments as a shortcut for making up for past inaction. And unfortunately, that approach rarely pays off. And really, at the end of the day, consistency beats intensity every day of the week. So what I wanted to do today is discuss the four Uh, relatively unremarkable actions that if you complete them uh, each and every year consistently for a long period of time uh, will really actually change your life. And when I say change your life, of course, what I mean is help you build wealth, which means helping you getting closer to achieving your financial and lifestyle goals. So um, whilst they might seem so basic Um, and you might overlook them in terms of finding what is the answer, what's the secret source to building wealth. Uh, The reality is that these actions are incredibly powerful. Uh, They aren't if you only produce them once or you only do them once. But if you do them over and over again for a long period of time, as I said, the results are uh, absolutely remarkable. Okay, so let's talk about unremarkable action number one, if you like, and that's to eliminate unconscious expenditure. You know, holidays are expensive and, you know, for anyone that's uh, looked at book to ho- booking a holiday, particularly an overseas holiday, uh, it, you know that they're even more expensive post, you know, post-COVID, if I can use the post-COVID terminology. Um, however, holidays tend to deliver a lot of happiness and satisfaction. You know, we tend to think very deeply about whether to book a holiday where to go and how much to spend because it is a big ticket item, but also because it means a lot to us and our family members and the people that we're traveling with and so forth. This is a very conscious uh, approach to spending, which typically means that we make good value for money decisions. In economic terms, it means maximizing the utility per dollar spent. So utility is an economic term for the amount of enjoyment or satisfaction that you get. So what you really want to do is is maximize utility per dollar spent. Now, the fact that you're listening to this podcast means it's very likely that you make wise, rational decisions about how you spend money. Therefore, your only potential weakness is then unconscious expenditure, which you must absolutely try to minimize or hopefully eliminate. Unconscious expenditure is when you spend money on items that you don't even really think about the spending. They tend to be small dollar value transactions and most importantly, they tend to add all, nothing to your standard of living. So there's no utility as such. Uh, and as such, I would call them a waste of money because really if you're not getting enjoyment from it or it's not actually doing anything for you, uh, then of, of course it's a waste of money. You know, a perfect example is last week I cancelled a, a stand subscription, you know, the, the streaming service. Uh, my family hasn't watched anything on stand for a few months. And so obviously if we're not using it, it's a waste of money. I may as well cancel it. If I want to watch something on Stan in a few months time, I'll just resubscribe. 
but this unconscious expenditure can actually add up to multiples of tens of thousands of dollars. Like it can be, you could be wasting $20,000 on this unconscious expenditure on all these small ticket items. And the um, the hallmark typically is people will reflect and go, oh my God, this is how much we're spending, but we don't really live a lavish lifestyle. We're not going out to dinner every night, buying expensive bowls of wine, etc. Uh, and so how do you eliminate this unconscious expenditure? Well, there's two ways to do that. Firstly, you can track every dollar and cent that you spend using an app like Pocketbook. Pocketbook's probably the most popular one in Australia, uh, and you can Google that. However, for most people, tracking every dollar and cent feels tedious, time-consuming, and, and relatively draconian. And it's a little bit like diets. People might do them for or follow them for a little bit of time, but really, they won't, it's not a, a long-term solution. And so what you really need is a really simple and unobtrusive um, approach that you can stick to over long-term. And my clients have had great success with uh, using two different accounts, one for um, discretionary and one for non-discretionary expenses. I won't go into detail about this cash flow management technique, only to say that it is very simple uh, very unobtrusive, um, doesn't take any time to manage, uh, and it's highly successful. And if you want to know more, refer to episode 111 uh, back in uh, on the 6th of May 2020. And I talk about that, that strategy in that episode. Uh, and of course, there's a, a link to that particular blog uh, in the show notes and the blog on the website. So certainly check that out. But if you can adopt a strategy that ensures you minimize and hopefully eliminate unconscious expenditure and stick to it for the rest of your life, it will probably literally save you millions of dollars. Good cash flow management habits are the cornerstone of successful wealth accumulation, uh, which is to say that if you can't manage cash flow well, uh, then you have really a low probability of ever achieving uh, financial freedom. So that's number one. Let's talk about number two, and it shouldn't surprise you, but making regular investments uh, is another habit that you can get into that uh, will produce remarkable results over the long run. And of course, I can demonstrate that by using a couple of examples because I like to provide the evidence, of course, uh, if you invested $500 a month for 20 years, uh, achieved an average return of 7% uh, per annum, uh, you'll accumulate $260,000 over that 20 year, at, at the end of that 20 year period. Uh, if you managed to invest $1,000 a month, uh, you'd accumulate uh, just over half a million dollars, 520,000, uh, which is really the 240,000 that you invested over that 20 year period plus $280,000 of compounding returns. So, uh, you know, at $500 to $1,000 a month, uh, for a lot of people, relative to all other expenses, isn't really a lot of money. But if you can squirrel it away, you're probably never going to miss it. Uh, you can produce some significant results. And of course, this point really shouldn't be lost on uh, people that are, are very young, you know, people that can uh, begin uh, sooner and, and therefore complete the action for a longer period of time uh, have even more to gain. So, for example, if a 25-year-old uh, started investing $500 a month, uh, they could accumulate $1.3 million by the time they were 65. So doing it for a 40-year period produces outstanding results and $500 a month I bet most people aren't going to miss $500 a month. So the two easiest ways and cost-effective and efficient ways to invest regularly 
Um, uh, firstly, you could make additional super contributions. So that's non-concessional contributions. If you're an employee, that could be salary sacrifice contributions, or you could make lump sum personal contributions towards the end of the financial year. I mean, speak to your tax accountant and financial advisor, but that's a really easy way to do it, particularly if you've thought carefully about how your super monies are invested and hopefully uh, you've done that in terms of choosing the right super fund and arrangement, high fees, low, uh, sorry, high, high returns, low fees. Uh, so that's option one. Option two is to invest regularly in the share market. Uh, and I did a podcast about this uh, very topic back in episode 177 on the 1st of September 2021, so last year, uh, where I set out a strategy that you can go away and implement yourself don't need to go and pay a financial advisor and so forth. Uh, that's very cost-effective, evidence-based and so forth. So number two is regularly invest some of your cash flow. Okay, so unremarkable action number three is making sure you're making progress. You might have heard sayings like, what gets measured gets done, or you can't manage what you don't measure. And really these sayings couldn't be any more perfect for wealth management. The fact is, if you don't track your progress, how on earth do you know if you're heading in the right direction, whether you're doing enough and so forth? And also, we know just by the mere fact that you start measuring something, that it almost always improves. It's called the Hawthorne effect. Um, not the football club. It was a, a power plant in the US. And they, managed, they measured um, productivity compared to changing the lighting arrangements in the factory. Uh, this is during the Industrial Revolution, uh, and it wasn't the actual fact of the change in lighting, it was the fact that people knew they were being measured, uh, means that their productivity improved. Uh, and I find that myself in lots of areas in life, including financial, when you start measuring something, even if you don't necessarily consciously actively change your behaviours, when you start measuring things, you unconsciously change your behaviours, or you take more notice of your behaviours and actions that result in the thing that you're measuring. So the key number to measure, of course, is your net worth, uh, as it really reflects your cash flow position, you know, how much you've saved, repaid debt or invested, and also it measures any change in asset values, so really performance of investments and so forth. Uh, I recommend that you look at two net worth uh, uh, calculations. Uh, the first one is to compare your net worth to what it was one or two years ago, depending on how often you do this, but it's really good to look over, you know, the last sort of short period of time and it will, and it will invite you to consider, you know, what worked well and therefore what should you continue to do uh, and what didn't work so well. So, you know, what should you, you stop or, or change? Uh, the second one, as I discussed in the podcast earlier in this year in January, is to forecast your net worth for the next in 12 months time. Uh, and this will give you an opportunity to really reflect on if I undertake these certain actions over the next 12 months, where do I hope to be in 12 months time? Um, and again, in 12 months time, you can go and reflect back on, you know, budget versus actual and so forth. But really, the importance of measuring your net worth is really simply just to make sure that you're making progress. Um, and it's quite possible that you make certain investments that you don't expect to generate substantial returns in the short run. And that's fine. Like, it's not about obsessing over short-term returns. It's really just about making sure you're making progress, and particularly over longer periods of time. So, you know, 
You could measure the change in net worth every month, but I don't think that provides any meaningful information and uh, it could tempt you to uh, react to make some you know, short-term decision-making which could end up being wrong. Uh, but I think measuring, re- measuring your net worth every six to 12 months is, is more than enough. Even every couple of years isn't too bad. Uh, again, it's really just about avoiding procrastination and making sure that you're making progress. Okay, the the fourth and last unremarkable action that you can complete consistently is taking responsibility for your money. You know, it's your money, so therefore it's your responsibility to make sure that you're moving forward, you're continuing to make progress to achieving your financial and lifestyle goals. That's one responsibility you can't delegate to someone else. So you might not necessarily be interested in money, and that's fine. You know, it might be investing is very boring to you. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast, it's unlikely. But if you have a partner, for example, that's like this, uh, you know, it's it might be very boring to you. That's fine. But I'm pretty sure the outcomes of uh, the uh, of your investment, so that is the lifestyle goals, uh, are uh, something that are important to you. So therefore, you you must absolutely take responsibility for that. So that's not to say you can't delegate the day-to-day management of your, you know, to a financial advisor or something like that, or the actual work. Think of yourself as like the CEO of your, you know, I guess, uh, asset position. A CEO's job is not to actually do the work necessarily. A CEO's job is to make sure everyone else does their job correctly, timely, etc., etc., etc. The CEO takes ultimate responsibility because if someone's not on the team is not doing their job, is falling short, well, the CEO needs to address that uh, and resolve whatever issues going on. But ultimate responsibility rests with the CEO. Look, let me put it another way. Looking after your money is much like looking after your health. You know, if you don't look after it, you're the one that ultimately suffers, no one else. Uh, and you can ignore health issues, that's true, but over the long run, it's unlikely they're going to disappear. In fact, they almost get always get worse, and the same is true with, with money. However, the difference between health and money is at least you can delegate all the hard work. Like, you can't do that with health. You can't send someone else to the gym, unfortunately, to work out for an hour a day, uh, and you enjoy the health benefits as a result. But you can outsource, you know, all the financial planning, the tax accounting, all those sorts of things. But you have to be the CEO of your financial position and you've got to take ultimate responsibility uh, for, you know, ensuring that you're moving forward and you're happy with the results. And that's not to say that takes a really large time commitment. You know, maybe it's one or two hours a year to meet with your advisors to help make, you know, decisions and review progress and those sorts of things. But really, if you fail to invest the time and you fail to take the interest, ultimately, you're the one that's going to pay the price. And failing to take that responsibility for many, many years uh, creates a lot of negative outcomes. And of course, then the reverse is true. You know, investing that one or two hours, taking full responsibility for your progress um, produces remarkable results over the long run. A couple of years ago, I did a podcast, uh, and the the thesis behind or theme behind the podcast was that uh, good decisions compound. You know, if I make one good decision today and invest in a fantastic property, uh, and I get that decision correct, or I make that you know buy the right property. Uh, the compounding capital growth over many years is substantial. So, and bad decisions compound as well. Uh, well, these unremarkable actions are very similar. 
in fact, there's an author called Simon Sinek. Uh, if you haven't uh, listened to any of his stuff, he, he writes uh, and produces some great content. But he talks about intensity like uh, the, as intensity versus consistency. The analogy he uses is the dentist versus brushing your teeth. Like going to the dentist is a uh, intense intervention. You know, you go to the dentist, they clean your teeth, they look at it, they, they clean them, they're fine. You leave the dentist feeling like, you know, your, your dental hygiene's in, good, in a good position. Uh, but if you never brush your teeth, your teeth are going to fall out, right? But if you brush your teeth once, uh, well, it's not going to really produce any meaningful long-term results. But brushing your teeth twice a day for two minutes a day produces remarkable results. And the same is true for building wealth. There's these small little things that we do that if we do them once, it's no big deal. But if we do them day in, day out, produces substantial, ridiculously substantial results. Okay, that's it for today. And just to let you know, there won't be a podcast next week. In fact, uh, over the next four weeks, I will do one a fortnight rather than one a week. I'm lucky enough to be taking a break for about the next four weeks. Uh, so I've only recorded a couple of podcasts to uh, release while I'm away. And I'll be back to normal weekly podcasts from the 18th of May onwards. Uh, so until next time, bye for now.